All right, I'll admit it. I owe Buddy Heald an apology. Another great game for number 24, not just on the offensive end, but on the defensive end. He continues to show how much he has improved and how good he can be when used properly in the correct role off the bench. But the Kings did lose against the Indiana Pacers on Sunday. Oddly enough, this is going to be a more positive than negative episode. Despite the loss, Kings are 5-5. Five and five. There sure were a, a fair share of mistakes. Some concerns still uh, in the Kings' loss to the Pacers. Big game coming up tomorrow against the Phoenix Suns. We'll talk about it all. Plus, you'll hear from Luke Walton and Harrison Barnes on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. <laughs> You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member covering the Sacramento Kings uh, for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball, formerly with Sports 1140 KHDK Radio in Sacramento, now with ABC 10 Television in the California capital. And yes, I owe Buddy Heald an apology. Kind of, sort of. Because I have, there, there isn't a Kings player over the last, I'd say, two to three years that I've been more critical of than Buddy Heald. Especially, I would say it started from the, really the, the when he started complaining about his role after signing a, a, a major contract. That's really where it started for me, where I, I soured a little bit on Buddy Heald. I was overly critical of the pitfalls of Buddy Heald, how Buddy was really a one-trick pony. Now, the one trick that he does do, shooting, we know he's done very, very well, so much so that he's now the the Kings uh, record holder in franchise history for for most three-pointers made, passing Stoy- uh, Peja Stojakovic earlier this season. So we always knew Buddy was an elite shooter, but if he wasn't shooting the ball well, he was not only a, a, a negative, he was a significant negative for your team because of how poor he was on the defensive end, offensively, you didn't get too much uh, out of uh, dribbling and facilitating. I will admit he's been a better rebounder than he gets credit for, an above average rebounder for his position. Uh, But that really wasn't enough to make up for a a slow shooting night for Buddy Yield. And we've seen really since Luke Walton got here in Sacramento, the Kings paid him. The Kings have been asking for more out of Buddy Yield, more than just just shooting. And that has since kind of changed back to, hey, Buddy, continue to shoot a high volume. But Buddy, now that he is in the correct role, which was one of our 
topics of conversation and debate over the last two years. How much of the blame for Buddy's struggles do we put on Buddy Heald for not really getting better and just being this one-trick pony? And how much do we put it on the Kings coaching staff for Luke Walton for not optimizing Buddy Heald the way Dave Yeager in that in those couple seasons optimized Buddy Heald, even though Buddy and Yeager didn't necessarily see eye-to-eye. Yeager knew how to play Buddy and put him in a position to be successful, mainly a bench position. Now, Luke Walton made a move to, to bring Buddy off of the bench a couple times over his first two seasons in Sacramento. And for the most part, those moves were kind of undermined by Buddy Heald's attitude and his, his frustration. And since speaking publicly in the locker room, in front of the cameras, voicing his displeasure, uh, saying things to which he felt the need to apologize to the coaching staff and the team the following day in, in training camp, that was a couple seasons ago, where he's come from that point to where he is today at saying the right things, even if we know Buddy isn't necessarily happy, Buddy wants to be a starter, Buddy thinks he's one of the best players on this team. That's what I would expect out of Buddy Heald. That's what I would expect out of any competitor who's good enough to play in the NBA. But Buddy is not only saying the right things, he is doing the right things. Last season, I gave Buddy a lot of credit for clearly making the effort to get better. He was still mainly a starter. Uh, well, he was a starter all season long, actually, last season, uh, which was interesting and questionable. And I know we talked, uh, or I've talked a lot about here on Locked on Kings about how I, I thought that was a little strange for Walton just to go full all in into Buddy Heald and give him a significantly longer leash than he had uh, the, the season before that. But I saw Buddy making the effort, especially to communicate better. He stepped up as a team leader. Uh, he was trying, giving effort. We never had to question Buddy Heald's effort on the defensive end of the floor and effort as a ball handler and a facilitator. But we did question the basketball IQ, the execution, why Buddy continued to make kind of boneheaded, costly turnovers late in games. And that hasn't disappeared completely. Don't get me wrong. There are still elements of Buddy Hill where it's like, oh, Buddy, there it is again. He's done it uh, a couple of times already this season. And the absolute high volume of threes Buddy puts up. I know Luke Walton says uh, that he loves almost every look, if not every look that Buddy puts up. But at some times you're enabling Buddy to, to force bad shots. That's all still there. That hasn't gone away. But what I've been most critical about Buddy Heald, being a one-trick pony, being essentially useless when uh, when he wasn't hitting shots, I have to apologize for, for, for those statements or at least retract those statements a little bit. Or if nothing else, give Buddy Heald credit for changing that. We know Buddy Heald's a gym rat. We know he's always put in the work. Now we're starting to see the results. I don't think it's a coincidence that we're seeing the results now that Buddy Heald is in what I believe to be his optimized role coming off the bench. He's completely accepted that role. He comes in and gets his looks and the flow of the offense and can have offensive explosion performances and earn his way onto the floor in the fourth quarter when it really matters. Like, I don't think that's a coincidence at all. But he still had to put in the work to get better as a defender, better as a ball handler, better as a facilitator. And you can check all three boxes. He has improved in all three categories. He's not there yet. He's not at his peak. Certainly you want more out of Buddy, of course. But without Buddy Heald, the Kings lose this game to the Indiana Pacers. The final score was 94 to 91. The Kings probably don't score over 80 points. And the Kings probably lose by 25 plus if Buddy Heald isn't in this game. Not only was he essential uh, for the Kings staying in the game offensively as he had 17 points off the bench, he was huge defensively. Three out of the four quarters, he closed the quarters with 
strong individual defensive stops. One led to a half-court made three to end the first quarter. Another one led to a transition dunk or layup. I think it was a layup uh, for Tyrese Halliburton, I believe, at the end of the second quarter. And then the third quarter, Karis LeVert, who had a fantastic game, took Buddy Heald one-on-one, and Buddy absolutely put the clamps on him. It looked like Donovan, or rather Davion Mitchell, changed his number to number 24. Like, Buddy Heald defensively, I thought, had his best performance as an individual defender of his career. As a team defender, he's gotten better as well. The best compliment that I can give Buddy Heald, other than what I just said right there, is at no point this season have I watched Buddy Heald play, and he's played a significant amount of minutes, and I've watched every single one. At no point this season have I gone, man, the Kings are losing or struggling because of Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald's defense is killing the Kings. Buddy Heald looks lost out there and is being exploited. I have not said that or even thought that once this year. You know why? Because Buddy Heald is good enough defensively or has played good enough defensively to be out there for however many minutes that Luke Walton wants him to play. And he's versatile. He's played with different lineups, played with different guard pairings, and he's playing the same way in every single one of those pairings. He also has the green light, which I'm sure he loves every time he comes to the game. Uh, the ball's going up, and we know it's going up. There's really only one game that Buddy didn't look like himself and started to panic a little bit, and that was the matinee game uh, against the Dallas Mavericks, where was it, clear, it was clear the Dallas uh, the Mavericks' game plan was to absolutely smother Buddy Heald, and as soon as he caught the ball, uh, either be right up in his chest or not even let him catch the ball to begin with. And we saw Buddy get in his own head a little bit, start to panic a little bit, start forcing up shots because not only could Buddy not hit a shot, he couldn't even get a shot off. And if Buddy Heald can't get a shot off, he's going to start getting a little antsy, a little nervous. And we saw that a bit, especially in the first half against the Dallas Mavericks. But Buddy has done a significant job because we saw him being smothered and not knowing what to do with it probably 50% of the time, if not more, last season. This season, he's done a significantly better job moving off of the ball He also has guys like Alex Len out there to set solid off-ball screens to give him a little bit of separation. And when that smothering defense comes and he doesn't have a look, he has improved as a ball handler to where he can put the ball on the floor and either attack the basket or at least create enough separation and draw enough of a crowd, maybe a secondary defender with his step-back move, to open up opportunities for his teammates. That, in addition to his defense, uh, is progress. Ball handling is better. Off-ball movement is better. Defense is significantly better. And we know Buddy Heald. Most three-pointers that Buddy puts up are going in and are good looks uh, for the sharpshooter that is Mr. Buddy Buckets. So, I owe Buddy Heald an apology for considering him useless outside of shooting. And as of right now, I am thankful that Buddy is still a Sacramento King because... I definitely wanted the Kings to trade Buddy Heald during the offseason. I still think Buddy Heald could be the key primary trade asset that the Kings are willing to move on from at the deadline, but we'll have to wait and see. I have no problem if he continues to play the way he's playing with the Kings holding on to him. As of right now, Tyler Hero is the runaway for sixth man of the year with what he's doing with the Miami Heat, but Buddy Heald is in the conversation with how good he has been off the bench for the Kings. Uh, Buddy's fantastic so far this season. Really, really good. Need to make sure I give him his flowers. Need to compliment the role that Luke Walton has put him in. Need to compliment him for fully accepting that role, saying the right things, and backing it up on the floor. Very pleased. Very pleased with Buddy Heald. I'm also, even though the Kings lost to the Indiana Pacers, I'm very pleased with what this game told me. And to be clear, 
three-fourths of this podcast today are going to be positive. I'm not spewing moral victories to you. Maybe you're interpreting it that way. I promise you. This is not a moral victory fest. The Kings still lost a very winnable game, which is frustrating. The Kings, all five of their losses in their first 10 games were winnable games that we might look at at the end of the season if the Kings are in a very tight race for a play-in or playoff spot and go, God, it would have really helped if you had handled your business and gotten that one. That one was winnable. So these are the Kings are still making mistakes. The Kings are still tripping over themselves at times. And there are still certainly concerns with this team and the fact that they're missing opportunities early in the season to win when arguably those are their best chances to win. That's not good. So I'm not here to, to preach to you moral victories and tell you that everything is, is fine and dandy even though the Kings just lost a game to the Indiana Pacers. I'm not here to tell you that. But what I am here to tell you is that this game never would have been a game if the old Kings were playing. Last season, this is a blowout loss for the Sacramento Kings. If the shots aren't falling, this Kings team is dead. If the Kings aren't able to score more than 24 points in a single quarter, they scored 24 points in the second, third, and fourth quarter after a 19-point first quarter, this Kings team is dead. If the Kings only score 91 points in a game, they're screwed. The Kings defense kept them in this game from start to finish. Indiana did build, I think, a a 15-point lead at one point. And the defense was solid enough to hold while the Kings offense managed to get themselves back into the game. But a 15-point lead would have been a 25, 30-point lead if the old Kings uh, were, were playing in this game. This game, to me, is clear evidence of a different team. Tangible improvement on the defensive end of the floor is what we saw. The Kings nearly won this game purely off the backs of their defense and a little bit of Buddy Heald's offense, and Tyrese Halliburton kind of took over in the fourth quarter. But mainly defense. I want to make sure I point that out. That's important to point that out. Again, not a moral victory, but clear signs of significant improvement that Kings fans have to be encouraged by. I tweeted out earlier, this Kings team, one of the biggest differences with this Kings team is that they have not been in a position this season where I felt like they were ever out of a game. Now, they have also not ever really been in a position except for the final like few minutes against the Charlotte Hornets where they've been in a game where I'm like, oh, they, they've got this in the bag. It's locked up. Give them the victory. This game's over. So, teeter-totter. Pros and cons to both sides. You'd like to see this Kings team secure, hold on to leads, and close games better. But defensively, if this Kings team isn't scoring, if they go down early, if they have a 19-point first quarter, I'm not concerned that the game's over right then and there. That, to me, is a positive with this team. All right, enough with the moral victories. We will talk about some of the concerns. I do have other positives to point out before we uh, hear from both Harrison Barnes and Coach Luke Walton, including the very impressive play of the Stockton Kings G League team. And both Jemai, or uh, rather, uh, Lewis King and Demias Keita have been balling in their first two games with the Stockton Kings. I'll tell you about that coming up in just a little bit right now, though. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, today's Lockdown Kings podcast brought to you by our friends at McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing that they'll have dependable Wi-Fi, an endless supply of French fries and McFlurries to get them through those pesky assignments. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, coaches, the home team, the away team, fans, you can come and recharge after a game. It's also the place that you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. 
McDonald's McFlurries, I'm not gonna lie to you, McDonald's McFlurries got me through uh, my, my pregnancy. Not mine, my wife's pregnancy. But uh, if, if guys can have pregnancy cravings, mine was uh, McDonald's McFlurries that I got almost on a nightly basis. Head to your local McDonald's, refuel, reconnect, and hey, maybe we'll do a, a, a Locked on Kings uh, road game watch party at a McDonald's at some point in the future. I know other Locked on hosts are doing that. They seem to be very successful, and I know the loyal Kings fans would always show up to something like that. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Locked on Kings is also brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use promo code LOCKEDON, that's all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive that 50% bonus. It's free money for you to gamble with on basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right. It's a King's loss, so it can't all be positive. There are negatives to point out. There are concerns. The main concern that I have from this game is we've now seen the Kings play two early games, matinee games, this afternoon's game against the uh, the Pacers at home, and then the 12-30 or 12 tip-off uh, against the Dallas Mavericks a couple of weekends ago. And in both games, the Kings starters have come out flat. They've come out looking tired. They've come out looking lethargic a little bit. That's not an excuse. And I actually asked Harrison Barnes about it. And Harrison says the exact same thing. It's not an excuse for them to lose this game. They know they're playing 48 minutes of basketball. They know ahead of time about these games. Even if they don't like the early games, they still are a thing. You still have to play them. And that's not an automatic excuse for the team not being prepared. And the Kings came out with low, low energy in this game. They, they not only were they not hitting shots, especially after their impressive offensive performance against the Charlotte Hornets. I don't know if they came in expecting shots to fall like they did against Charlotte. Remember what I said? I joked after the Charlotte game that I hope the Kings didn't spend all their points in that one game uh, and, and, and leave none for the next game against the Pacers. I mean, sometimes these things just seem to happen. Like if a, if a team has a big scoring night one night, the next night it always feels like it's going to be a drop-off. Compare that or at partner that, combine it with a matinee start, and the Kings were missing shots. They were slow. They lacked energy. They lacked physicality, which is a big thing, big difference with this team from this season to last season is their improvement in physicality. They didn't have that to start this game, and they were lucky not to be down by more than what they were at the end of the first quarter. Like I mentioned earlier, a buddy healed buzzer beater half court three uh, put the Kings within eight points, 27 to 19 uh, at the end of the first quarter. But overall, the starters were slow. Uh, they they just didn't look ready to play. And the uh, Indiana Pacers uh, jumped on them. Now, the bench bailed them out. And I do have to talk about uh, the Kings bench as a positive because they've been fantastic all season long so far. And of course, Buddy Heald is a part of that. I will get to that uh, a little bit later on. Uh, but we this game was the exact opposite of Friday, not just in scoring. Remember, we talked a lot about after the Kings win against the Charlotte Hornets on Friday, the rebound differential. The Kings out-rebounded the Hornets 2-1. to one. Like, they, they were all over the Charlotte Hornets, had twice the amount of rebounds, kept the Hornets off the offensive glass. In this game, they were dominated on the glass. They were out-rebounded 41 
to 20 or rather to 30, I'm sorry, 54 to 33. I was looking at defensive rebounds, 54 rebounds total for the Indiana Pacers to 33 for the Sacramento Kings. It's not quite double, but it's still bad. And 13 of those rebounds for the Pacers were offensive rebounds. They had a total of uh, 15 second chance points. Oddly enough, the Kings had 16 second chance points. So that area specifically didn't kill them. And the Kings were also very good taking care of the basketball compared to the Pacers. They turned the ball over only 12 times, but forced 21 turnovers from the Pacers, scored 24 points off those Pacers turnovers, further proving their defense is what kept them in this game. But after having such a good offensive performance and pairing that with such a good performance on the glass, it's disappointing to see both of those uh, have such steep drop-offs. And Luke Walton said after uh, the Pacers, or rather the, the Hornets game, that the rebounds were were sweeter than the points scored because that's what's next for this Kings team to, to take that next step, to become a, a consistently good team. And the very next game, they, they lost it a little bit. So that's certainly disappointing, almost as disappointing as the play uh, of De'Aaron Fox, who unfortunately had another... Uh, struggle, especially in the fourth quarter, had a couple of good looks in the fourth quarter to tie or or give the Kings a lead. A couple of those patented mid-range jumpers uh, that he he likes so much. He also uh, had a, a quick first step, got to the rim. Now he was trying to finish amongst traffic and, and was not able to finish around the rim. De'Aaron, it's not that he was putting a bad shots and that he hurt the Kings necessarily. He just wasn't the closer that you need your star player to be. He hasn't been that closer at any point so far this season. Tyrese Halliburton kind of took on that role with the fourth quarter that he had, but Fox ended up with 17 points shot, seven of 19 uh, from the field. Once again, only got to the foul line a couple of times, did hit both free throws, so that helps his free throw percentage. Uh, And what's disappointing is in addition to those 17 points that he scored, Fox only had two assists. Now, he did distribute the ball better than those two assists suggest. The Kings were missing a lot of open shots in this game, so he should have had more for sure. But if Fox isn't going to be that offensive takeover scoring machine, you need him to have more than just two assists. You need him to facilitate more. He did turn the ball over three times, but uh, had three steals of his own. So that kind of evens itself out uh, a little bit there. But once again, De'Aaron Fox was not that fourth quarter closer, get on my back player uh, that we saw last season. He hasn't been that at any point so far this season. So that, of course, uh, is concerning as well. So those are the the major concerns that I have, the major negatives that I have with this game. Got a few more positives to work in there. The first one being the Kings bench, who's actually in the top 10. I think they're eighth right now. Uh, in in scoring or scoring average around like 32, 33 points per game. The Miami Heat are number one, mainly because of Tyler Hero, and that team is damn good. Um, But the Kings bench has been very, very solid. And once again, the bench bailed the Kings out, got them back into this game after their slow start. I've already sung the praises of Buddy Heald. Davion Mitchell came in defensively, was solid once again, did his best on Karis LeVert, uh, who had a fantastic game uh, for the Indiana Pacers, who are now four and seven, by the way, the Kings five and five. So this was a, a team that was definitely beatable. Karis LeVert had 22 points in this game. The Indiana Pacers significantly shorthanded, missing some key pieces, but LeVert uh, picked, up the, um, picked up the scoring load there. Uh, and then, uh, in addition to that, like Tyrese Halliburton's fourth quarter, he really came alive and it was nice to see him get that, that fourth quarter effort, 
um, and that fourth quarter success that he showed a lot of last season, but he did so in front of an empty building. Now he got to feel some of the energy of the crowd when he was having those moments. He scored 11 of his 17 points in the fourth quarter. So he did all he could to really lead the Kings to that victory, he even gave the Kings the lead at one point, but the Kings just weren't able to uh, to close it out. And I'm excited to talk about this. It has nothing to do with the Sacramento Kings, but everything to do with the Stockton Kings. The Stockton Kings G League team, they're 2-0 to start this season. They opened up their season with two games against the Santa Cruz Warriors. Beat them 122-97 in Game 1, 104-92 in Game 2. And the two guys that I need to talk about, Lewis King, who is proving that he is an NBA player, not a G League player. When players put out the performances like they or like Lewis King is putting up, it proves that they are in the wrong spot or that they deserve to be actually in the NBA. If an NBA player uh, truly is sent down to the G League, no disrespect to G League players, but there is a gap. If they go down and they don't have the success that we're seeing from Lewis King, then it's, it's clear that they're not necessarily ready for the NBA. But in these two games, Lewis King's first game, 33 points, 11 of 13 shooting, which is absolutely absurd, seven rebounds and four assists in game one. Then in game two, he had 29 points on nine of 14 shooting uh, and a steal in that game. As for Nemias Keita, he was a second round pick uh, for the Sacramento Kings out of uh, Utah State, the, the big seven footer. Uh, he had a very solid first game, 24 points, four rebounds, three blocks. Uh, second game, quieter offensively, but still good, uh, 13 points and eight rebounds. So I'm going to do my best to make sure I'm keeping you informed on what the G League Stockton Kings are doing. Uh, head coach Bobby Jackson, 2-0 and so far as a G League head coach. Good for him, in addition, of course, to his Summer League championship. Uh, so those are the positives that I wanted to make sure uh, that I pointed out here. Again, a mostly positive show after a King's loss, which I know might surprise you a little bit, but we're not done. I do have some audio to play from you uh, from both Harrison Barnes and uh, and Luke Walton. Just a few clips for you to hear some interesting answers to some questions um, and, and, and discussing... Luke Wallen's going to discuss like the final play and the shot the Kings ended up uh, getting off that that Tyrese Halliburton three and what the play was supposed to be. Uh, you're going to hear Harrison Barnes talk about um, the the matinee starts. I asked him about that. All that is coming up here in just a second. Before that, though, today's episode of Locked On Kings brought to you by Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving. It's almost here, and all the good food and treats and plenty of them to just enjoy uh, around Thanksgiving time. But maybe this Thanksgiving you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Right now, it's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bars is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious, and you can feel good about it when you're all said and done. The food coma doesn't just have to be because of all the sugar and all the pounds you're putting on. The food coma can just be pure happiness while also eating healthy. Replace the coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar. Oh, go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of a raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb low fat, high protein. I'm talking about Built Bars covered in 100% chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. And if Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, you can go right now to built.com and get a Built Bar or two. And with Black Friday coming up, Built Bar is going to have some great offers for you on built.com. When you do order a box on built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Here's Sacramento Kings head coach Luke Walton. First quarter and uh, the the rebounding really really hurt us tonight. Uh, not making shots, you know, we said it after last game we couldn't miss a shot. These that's going to happen. I am proud of our group for once again uh, on a uh, on a night where uh, we we couldn't make uh, some really good looks. Uh, 
we we scrapped, found a way to give ourselves a chance to win. And it's look, it's the NBA. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. Um, you know, Tyrese with an open three for game at the end. I'll take that in any close game. And uh, but you know, we know we got a, a long way to go still. And uh, this one hurts. Uh, but short turnaround. Get back after it tomorrow. Luke, in ten games, uh, what what are you encouraged about with this team? What are you concerned about? Uh, encouraged about our competitive spirit. Uh, encouraged about our our togetherness. Com uh, encouraged about um, where we're headed. Um, concern, you know, I, w I won't even call it a concern. What I know needs to get much better is our rebounding. Kind of along those lines, with, through the first ten games, was this even though it resulted in L? Was this kind of a I don't know, a game where you learned a little something about your team to kind of overcome some of that adversity and still remain competitive? Yeah, it was so good. You know, it's unfortunate, you know, that we couldn't find a way to pull it out. Give Indiana credit. Like, that's not a whatever their record is, four or six. Like, they're, that's a really good team over there. They're well coached. They got – I mean, that's a team that's been in the playoffs for years, uh, minus last year. So they've lost a couple of tight – overtime games they're up nine at portland last night late into that game so uh that's a really good team and for yeah i, I would say like look how many teams have played 10 games and haven't you know been in every single one of them not many and you know we're still you know we we know how far we have to go so i'm i'm very encouraged and i'm not surprised that our team found a way in, in a game that we never really found our rhythm uh to to have a chance um but i am i am proud of the group Hey coach, can you kind of go over what was what, what the play call there was at the end of the game with Tyrese? Is that a shot you were looking for? I, I would take that shot, absolutely. That's not the play call. The play call was Harrison. You know, we knew we were in the bonus. Harrison had done a great job of getting to the line. Um, you know, so we have certain plays for certain situations. It was going to be a Harrison, uh, you know, ISO at the, at the top of the key there. And uh, they used their inbound guy to deny that. Totally fine with me. Rashawn popped, threw it back to Tyrese. Uh, you know, we're down two. Tyrese gets an open look from three. Uh, he hits big shots. So he missed this one tonight. Um, they took away option one. You got to be ready for option two. And, and Tyrese got a good look and, you know, just didn't go in. Hey, Luke, uh, this is not the first time uh, this season already that the bench has come in and, and, and picked up when it was slow to start. Um, I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on the whole bench performance in the top 10 so far in the NBA, just in, in points scored. And then also Buddy Heald specifically, the effort that he provided, not just offensively, but defensively coming off the bench and how you guys were able to feed off that. Yeah, so we, we, we value that. We think that that group, uh, especially seeing them go at the, the first group in uh, training camp, we feel like that that can really be an advantage for us. We don't want to have to rely on them, but look, it's an 82 game season. Uh, some nights that that's just how it's going to play out, uh, and they do a great job. When we we get off the slow starts, they have done a great job. Uh, Ten games into the season, of getting us right back in. Uh, it was tough uh, tough decisions tonight because Buddy was great uh, on on defense as well. Uh, so you know, but. You know, so it was Davion. Davion was, you know, really did a nice job down the stretch on on Levert and making it tough on him. Um, but kind of, you know, getting Buddy out for offense, defense at the end. He, you know, he played a game where he he deserved to be on that court. So very pleased with how Buddy's playing. Um, and he uh, he had another really really solid game for us tonight. Now let's hear from veteran Harrison Barnes. 
Harrison, last year, if you guys would have shot less than 37% from four and got dominated on the class like that, you would have been blown out. Um, but do you see the sign of growth that it was a three-point game, you had a shot to tie at the end, uh, even though things went poorly most of the night? Well, I mean, I think we we found our, our compete there in the second half. Um, but at that point, you know, we already kind of let people get into rhythm. You know, at the beginning of a game, and I think that's that's really where you have to make your mark. And for most of this season, I think we've done a good job of, of starting games with the right compete level, the right physicality. But tonight, especially with a team like this, where they do play, uh, you know, two bigs, um, you know, they have bigger guards that get in there and crash and rebound, letting them kind of get a rhythm early, um, you know, really hurt us. Harrison, you uh, ten games in. How would, what do you like about this team? What do you encourage about, and what what are you concerned about after ten games? That's 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 a, that's a lot of questions. Um, you know, I think you know for us, we we know that we're we can be a good team, and I think the difference between us being a good team and us uh, being a non playoff team is our consistency. And I think we've you know throughout the first what are we now five and five that the first ten games, I think. Um, more so than not, we've been more consistent this year with what we're trying to do and our energy. But I think taking that next step is, is those details, right? You know, those, those two to three minute stretches that really decide games in that second half, you know, how tight are we going to be? And it's not coming down to, like I said, made or missed shots. It's, it's an offensive rebound. It's a miscommunication and a pick and roll. It's an untimely turnover where they get a fast break layup. You know, those are the types of things where we just have to just be a little sharper um, you know, when we're playing these, these playoff teams to get over that hump of being a team that's a little bit under 500 to a team that's, that's over 500. Hey, Harrison. Uh, typically, we only hear media and, um, and reporters and, and things like that talk about this, but the, the difference between a matinee performance, an earlier start, and, and a regular scheduled game, is it that significant from a, a player's standpoint to where slow starts like this seem to happen more often than not for, for at least one team? I mean, me personally, I'm not a fan of the earlier games. I love the the seven seven thirty games, but um, you know, I mean, I don't think that's that's any excuse for us not to come out and play. I mean, you have 48 minutes to play, so I don't think that's any excuse for us not to be able to, you know, show up and and get the job done. And um, that is not an excuse tonight for why uh, we didn't start the game with the right, you know, mentality. Kings are five and five through 10 games. This is really their first early progress report. Big game coming up tomorrow. Uh, still a winnable game. They're one and zero so far against the Phoenix Suns, but the Suns are going to be looking for revenge a little bit. Plus it's the second night of a back-to-back for the Kings. Uh, so tomorrow night's game is going to be challenging to say the least. So the Kings going to be five and six or six and five. You let me know how you feeling after these first 10 games. Are you feeling as positive as I am? Even after this Kings loss, are you feeling negative? Let me know how you're doing at Matt George uh, sack on Twitter is how you can reach me. You can DM me or tweet me there. Uh, you can email me Matt George sports at gmail.com at any time. And if you're watching on YouTube, leave your thoughts down in the comment section down below. Appreciate your support as always. Can't wait for another week of Sacramento Kings and locked on Kings content until next time my name is matt george i'll talk to you after tomorrow night's game against the phoenix suns win or lose you've been listening to locked on kings part of the locked on podcast network